Welcome to Larry Dowdy Mike's Side. My guest in episode 58 has three decades of newsroom experience. You may remember Amy Morris from WDBJ7. Not only has she been a reporter at 7, but also news director. Today, she's vice president of news at WNBC4 in New York. Amy has had an amazing career, which we'll get to in just a few minutes. Amy, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you for that uh warm welcome and how fun that you've included me among some of these big name people you have interviewed. I've been enjoying listening to your podcasts. Well, thank you for that. Thank you so much. I got to start off with the question, Amy, why news? When did you realize news was for you? Um, I was in seventh grade, believe it or not. And in seventh grade, I always knew I wanted to be a journalist. And back then I thought maybe it was like a newspaper reporter but I also have always had a love for television, like a ridiculous love for, I love TV, I love sitcoms, and um, and I love the news. And so put that all together. And so I um, always wanted to do it. So since seventh grade, and I've never wavered on that at all. Um, you know, my parents, we grew up, we'd get this was the days when Roanoke Times had a morning and an evening edition, mm-hmm. Roanoke Times and World News, right? And we got both of those. And in my house, when Walter Cronkite, who was the CBS Evening News anchor, was on, we didn't talk. You listened to the news, a family listened to the news, and, you know, we would talk about current events. So it was kind of always in my my blood there. Sure. And, and, you know, you mentioned Walter Cronkite. There are probably some people listening to this podcast now and go, Walter who? And no, then I, I was checking out your news product, Chuck Scarborough. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Chuck Scarborough, who is going to be walking to the door just about any minute now. He'll be the one who waves to me when I'm I'm doing this with you. Uh, Yes, he has been here, I think, for 48 years. Uh, I believe he's been an anchor with us. And you talk about a class act. And he he just anchors the 6 p.m. now and does some special projects for us. But Mm -hmm. you talk about a guy who comes to work, ready to work. Uh, One of my favorite things is to watch him interact with the producers who, you know, are are much younger than him, but they're discussing the news of the day and placement in the newscast and super nice guy. And uh, it's been a real privilege to work with him. Did it ever worry you early on in the position you're in now as vice president? Will the young people have the respect for the Chuck Scarboroughs of the business? You know, I think the the people who have been doing this a long time and have open minds understand the the newer people, the, the greener people, mm-hmm. which would probably be the younger people. And so um, it's enjoyable to watch him because they're talking about current events together or pop culture. And, you know, I think if you you might not be the smartest person in the room, but if you know your stuff. And, you know, you, you'll be respected. And so I think some of these newer producers, he's earned their respect because they come to work every day. They come prepared. We like to say they've read in, meaning they've, they've read through all the wires and the emails and the newspapers. And, uh, you know, they know what's what's news. They're ready to come. To Would you say today you consider yourself a news junkie? Oh, sure. I watch a lot of news. I mean, you don't see my office right now, but I have eight monitors in my office. And so one is on our station, of course, one is on I'm NBC, one is on ABC. I have three cable channels and then two of the other locals. You know, Look, in New York City, we have a lot of TV stations, right? So when the news is on, I'm watching what everybody has. 
Um, I'm very competitive. Um, I don't want to copy somebody, but I will say, hey, do we know about this story? Or I'm glad we beat them on this, but, you know, just kind of. um, So I guess that is news junkie like, isn't it? (laughs) Sure, sure. Even in New York, um, I guess for a breaking news story, it's kind of hard to get the jump on the competition, isn't it? Well, uh, yes. I mean, I think think we're all, uh, there's, first of all, there are really good, news organizations here in New York City local. And so these are people who wanted to always do these jobs. This wasn't somebody dabbling in a profession. You know, this is what they do. Um, But when I first came here about four years ago, we didn't seem to be that quick on getting on the air with breaking news. And, you know, that was driving me bonkers. And so, you know, we practiced. And so now I'd say when there's a breaking news situation, if we're not the first on the air every time, we are a close second, you know. And so we we went through it. And, you know, I only want to do breaking news and break into programming when it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Just, to, just because there's some story that somebody might think is breaking news, you know, we get dinged a lot as journalists that everything is breaking news. So trying to, you know, we have a standard and we we discuss those things. We have a standard when a newscast comes on the air, at, say at four o'clock. So that's, you know, an hour and 20 minutes from now. Is that story that's happening right now still breaking? You know, let's talk about that. And so we actually people are always shocked that we actually have discussions and ethical discussions uh, in the newsroom all day long about stuff like that. You know, I was talking to Robin Reed from WDBJ7, uh, a similar question, Uh, any of the best. But we were talking (laughs) about the the fact that today with social media and uh, news platforms wanting the story out there, he said, basically, it was very difficult at first not wanting to save a story or for him uh weather at the time uh not wanting to save that till six but now you absolutely have to get it out there just as soon as it hits yeah you know we have those discussions we also want to be smart is it something we can hold for competitive reasons or you know viewers get and and phone users whatever you want to call them, you know, get tired of all these push alerts, right? Mm -hmm. So we kind of weigh them and say, is this something that's worth us pushing out there? But we also don't want to get beat. And we also say is, you know, so we ask ourselves, is it an emergency? Should we be putting it out there? Is it important? Um, And so we go, we kind of go through this checklist. It's not a written checklist, but I think we're all pretty good at this now. But now we do break a lot of stories on the web or on digital Mm -hmm. before our newscast. Now, we're all doing a lot more newscasts than we used to do when we first got in the business now, Larry. So there's usually a newscast coming up around the corner, right? But I think, you know, if something happens at, uh, you know, one o'clock in the afternoon, I'm probably not going to wait until four o'clock to push that, you know, because it's important. And especially if it's a safety thing, if it's a weather story, you've got to do that because people's lives could be at risk, whether there's flooding or, or, you know, whatever. Amy, let's talk your career. Stops in Roanoke twice, Minneapolis, Chicago, Philadelphia, New York. You always looked at ease in front of the camera, yet you've had leadership roles at stations in the Northeast, Midwest, landing in major markets like uh, WPVI in Philly, uh, executive producer WABC in New York, WLS Chicago, today at News 4 WNBC in New York. Do you miss being in front of the camera or did that help you become a better manager? Yeah, I think um, first, I don't miss being in front of the camera. I wasn't that great at it. That's very kind of you to say that I was Not comfortable. true. 
But I will tell you, I um, I did like radio because I did do some radio news, as you will recall. You, uh, we worked together a million years ago at K ninety two when I was a college student. Uh, but I'll tell you, I um, I do think being a reporter helped me tremendously in the job I have now because I like to say I have some street cred. You know, I I know what it's like to be out in the field and say I'm at a city council meeting and. The thing I'm supposed to be reporting on is not the first thing on the agenda. You know, it's an hour and a half into mm-hmm. it. And no, I can't do a six o'clock live shot on it because it hasn't happened yet. You know, what do you want me to do kind of thing? So I, I think the reporters and the photographers out in the field know that I understand what it takes to put a live shot on the air. Mm-hmm. That sometimes there's safety issues about where are you going to be going live? You know, I was a, a my dream was to be a reporter. I became a producer uh, and I was a better producer. Uh, and so I think my managers at the time at WDBJ liked my producing better than my reporting, but they knew I wanted to be a reporter, but they kept kind of pushing me in that producer way. And I wasn't going to have it. I'm going to be a reporter. But I finally realized at one point that if I want to grow, not necessarily, not necessarily move away, mm-hmm. but if I'm going to grow, I'm not growing as a reporter. They're not helping me grow as a reporter. They weren't they weren't ruining my career or anything, sure. but they saw my strengths and were pointing me in that direction. And so, you know, being a producer was was smart for me. And then, you know, it was a, it helped me get to where I am now, for sure. No question. And if I were a reporter, I'd probably still be doing nights and weekends in Roanoke reporting three days a week and producing the weekend <laughs> evening. So I do think that might have been uh, uh, the smart move. I say that now, even though it's taken me 30 years to say that. <laughs> what, what's the best part of your job after being at WNBC News 4 for four years? Mm-hmm. Best part of my job here? Yes. Um, you know, without question, uh, it's the people. I work with some just really fine people. And, and I could say that for, you know, all newsrooms because we work a lot of hours together. Um, you know, I know these people. I know the names of their kids and their spouses and, you know, and all those things. I might not see them, but I, I know them and I spend a lot of time with them. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, you know, during COVID, um, we came to work every day. You know, people work from home. And we might have been some of the few people in this building at 30 Rock every day. And it was the same group of people who came to work. So I think, you know, we knew we were kind of in it together. And um, so I think it's the people. You know, the other thing is this is New York City. And I work for a company that uh, understands local news Mm -hmm. and lets us cover stories. You know, we're covering the Queen's funeral right now. I have crews in London covering it. You know, that's a huge expense. But what we're ending up with are some local people who are there and trying to find stories that are interesting to our viewers. So I think both of those things, but the people, you know, no question. For you, how do you feel news delivery has changed since your day as a reporter or has it? Yeah. I mean, I think bottom line facts still matter. News gathering matters. Um, Double checking facts presentation, all of those things, none of that changes. You know, that's that's all still um, very important parts of our jobs, doing good journalism, um, being uh, fair, you know, those, those sorts of things, um, asking questions, asking follow-up questions. But I think the, the time of it and the pace of it has changed tremendously. 
um, and the delivery, as we talked a little bit about, whether it's on a platform, whether it's um, are you breaking into programming, you know, is this a web article or is this just on television? And so there's so many different avenues for us to put all this content, mm-hmm. uh, but the pace of it is just, um, you know, much faster. Is there ever a slow news day oh. or, or is a slow news day a bad news day? Yeah, you know, it, it depends on the day. I don't think a slow news day is a bad news day because sometimes it does give us the ability to work on some stories that we'd like to work on because I have some really great storytellers here who don't want to just cover the fires and the accidents and the floods. And, you know, so and there's New York, you know, New York really doesn't ever stop, you know, so there's always news going on. Um, so uh, but, I, you know, a slow news day, I'm going to knock on wood because um <laughs> Now we just jinxed us, and now I'm going to be on the air around the clock because of you. I'm sorry. But, uh, <laughs> but I, uh, you know, I think it gives us the opportunity. I mean, we want a lead story. What is the lead story? You know, the lead story doesn't necessarily have to be, uh, you know, uh, a bad story. You know, and everybody always thinks that we journalists say, oh, you want if it bleeds, it leads. And no, I'll tell you what. I have a whole bunch of journalists in here who would just rather have an interesting story for their lead story than, um, you know, putting on the most tragic story they can they can find. Yeah, I, I hear you. You mentioned COVID a minute ago. Yeah. Have we returned to some sort of normal as far as doing news during the COVID years? Yeah, I feel like we have turned the corner. And again, every time I have said we turned the corner, then we turn another corner. So, <laughs> so everybody laughs and they're like, Amy, please don't say we've turned the corner. But um, I have a dry erase board I keep here that usually is my scorecard uh-huh. on who's out. And, you know, my record number of people were 32 people we had out with COVID. Oh, my. Um, and then they have to sit out for a long time. Fortunately, now we don't have that as much. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think you know, with, with vaccinations and boosters and um, people being smart. And, you know, remember, New York City was really the epicenter of COVID. So, you know, it was, you know, it wasn't like, you know, we took it very seriously where I think there's some other states that didn't see quite the, the impact that we saw. I mean, they did with schools and all those other things that created hardships, but I mean, everybody here probably knows somebody who died from COVID, you know, whether it's a relative or whatever. So, but it feels more normal. Like I told you, I had a town hall meeting before this, which was an all in-person meeting. Right. I haven't done that in two years. You know, it was, um, so that was nice. So it does feel a little bit more normal. And, you know, we keep using that COVID as our benchmark, right? Pre-COVID, sure. COVID, Yeah. Yeah. And we were talking just before the podcast, I had mentioned the fact that uh, my wife and I had just gotten our third booster. COVID's a real thing. It, it's it's going to be a fact of life and probably will be here the rest of our lives. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's true. You know, my my mom, who's 82 and lives in Roanoke, mm-hmm. and so I go back to Roanoke quite frequently, um, and she's in good health, thank good. goodness. Good to hear. Um, you know, but, but she, um, you know, her life has really changed. You know, she doesn't go out nearly as much as she did because of, you know, all the, you know, when you're 82, you mm-hmm. want to be very careful. And so she's smart about it. But, uh, you know, I think all of us now kind of think about it, what we're, what we're going to do Um you know, and you give it a second thought and then you say, OK, um, well, um, it's outside. I think I'll be OK. But I think we all have those conversations in our heads before we go do things now. I want you to think back to when you were a young Amy Morris 
reporter in the field. Okay. Would it have been much easier at the time to have an iPhone to be able to do all that work as opposed to doing all those notes on a reporter's notepad? Yes, I, I, I think I think so. I mean, I'll tell you what, I am still a long form note taker for whatever reason it sticks in my head. And so if I was a reporter out in the field, I do. I always ask the reporters, you know, you take notes on your phone and they all have iPads too, but, you know, they're doing their live shots and they're holding their yep. phone up. Would Larry Dowdy during his morning live shots, would you be holding the phone? I'd be worried that the screensaver goes on, right? As soon as <laughs> so you had legal pads, I remember. You had notepads. Yes, yes. You know, so, um, but, but yes, I mean, look, I think people are shooting stories with iPhones. Mm-hmm. You know, we have photographers who shoot with their, their you know, their big cameras, mm-hmm. but they use iPhone too as a second camera sometimes. Yep. And we'll, you know, so I think, yes, um, you know, I also was laughing the other day. I was thinking about this. If I needed a phone number for somebody, I didn't Google it. I went to the library and found, <laughs> you know, a phone book for Botetourt County, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> look it up or, or you'd call information, but I think we would get in trouble because after so many calls of 411, right. they charge you. <laughs> so, so I do think um, that would be helpful, right, to Google things. Um, it probably would have saved a lot of time, you know, and then because when in my first reporting days, early, early on, even before WDBJ, I was at WSET in Lynchburg mm-hmm. for a short period. I was there on a, what was it, Virginia Association of Broadcasters summer internship okay. and it was a paid internship and there weren't many of them and the way i found out about that was bert levine if you remember bert oh, levine absolutely from wrov you know, owner way back when and i was somewhere and i had asked him about internships and he said you know you should apply for this thing because they pay and he didn't i mean he knew me and he knew my family but um it turned out i and they place you and i ended up getting this you know I don't even remember what it paid, but it was enough to put gas in my car. And I worked out of Lynchburg at WSCT. Mm-hmm. And they also had a had a, a Roanoke Bureau. And before it was across the street from Towers Mall. Right. And so they let me go there some because I didn't have to drive as much. And it turned out that uh, I got to report there a little bit during my internship. And I also ended up producing there on the weekends because their producer quit, which this is a great story. Michelle Wright. I don't know if you remember. I her. do remember her. She was a report. She was a bureau chief in Lynchburg, mm-hmm. and she um, then went on to anchor at WSCT. Now she's in Pittsburgh, where she's been since she left. So she's been in Pittsburgh for twenty five years, probably. Wow! But she was the weekend anchor, and they her producer called in sick, and she said, and she didn't know me very well, but she said, you know, Amy seems like she's interested in all this. She's taken this all really seriously. She was out in the field with me on a story. Why don't I teach her how to produce? Because they wanted. Michelle to produce and anchor the show, which is, it can be done, but you know how with radio, how you do 18 different things, TV, same way. She would basically have to have someone help her time the show Mm -hmm. and, you know, not make any changes during the show, but, but it could be done. So she said, well, I teach Amy. So she taught me how to do it. And so lo and behold, the guy who was sick ended up quitting working in television because he could sell televisions and make more money. So I think he went to Circuit City, the television, like Best Buy, you know, and so he quit. And I think he went to Circuit City or some TV thing. And so this job opened up. I didn't get it full time because I was going back to the University of Maryland, but I was producing on the weekends and I would report during the day because that's how I'd get on TV because I'm reporting for my show. (laughs) 
<laughs> so I think about if I had an iPhone then, I could start working on my show probably out in the field while I'm reporting. And so, um, you know, when, when you do those hybrid jobs, you're really just good at one you're good at everything, but you're really good at one skill versus the other. So, you know, my producing was getting better. My reporting, I was trying to figure it out. And uh, and then I ended up, WDBJ had a full-time opening. Mm-hmm. And that's how I ended up over there. That's a great yeah. story. Now, you've been recognized for journalistic excellence with uh, numerous industry honors, including uh, regional Emmy and Edward R. Murrow Awards. How did these awards make you better in the news business? You know, they're... I, I have mixed feelings sometimes about awards. I, I love us winning awards for, for work. I think there's there are some awards out there now where, you know, you pay to enter. You, you can enter a lot of times. You can pay a lot of money. And so they're not feeling as prestigious as they once did. Now, that said, I like winning awards. I like that I have an Emmy on my shelf. Um, But I'll tell you, we won an award last year, I think it was, and it's called the DuPont Award. Mm -hmm. And the DuPont Award is one of the most prestigious awards you can win in journalism. And we won it for our, it's a national award that we won for our coverage of COVID. And it was called the epicenter, COVID, the epicenter of the country or something like that. To me, it meant so much because that was like one time in my life where I say, this was my calling. This was why I got into this business. You know, we were telling people what they needed to know. Remember, this is when, remember, you thought you'd have to wipe all your groceries down. You know, you you didn't want to, you know, be what does a quarantine mean? You know, and so we were giving people at the time what we thought was very helpful information. Where do you go for your uh, COVID shots? you know, when those all started. And so I think that it does give all of us in the newsroom a moment of celebration to step back and say, we are being recognized for things that we have done. Um, so I think that's really important. And I think we need to celebrate successes and victories and, and all of those things and hard work. And so I, I don't mean to downplay or, or tell you the negative stuff about contests, but, but I think overall, I'm happy I've won them versus saying, oh, I just don't want to compete. I get that. Is there an interview that you wish you had done, dead or alive? Now, I'm sure today uh, there at uh, NBC4, uh, you can get just about interview any interview you want. But if there was one that you could pick, wow, who would it be? And again, dead or alive? Yeah, you know, um, this is a this is probably a cop out answer, but um, you know, I think. Sometimes it's just these regular people mm-hmm. who do interesting things. And even though I, you know, I, I love to meet famous people, I always think that's kind of neat. And, you know, being here in 30 Rock, which is where my office is, right, in Rockefeller Center, you know, I run into people who are going to be on MSNBC mm-hmm. or they're going to be on the Today Show or Jimmy Fallon or whatever. And so sometimes that's always kind of fun because you go, oh, wait a minute, you know, that was so and so, you know. Um, <laughs> But I, you know, I don't have anybody, you know, there's moments where I'll say, boy, I'd really like to get an interview with this person or that person. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, sometimes it's just getting some interesting stories to tell about somebody who's done just something remarkable and they've, they've made news for that and they were just kind of going about their day. I get that. I really do. What do you think as you look into your crystal ball, so to speak, mm-hmm. what's the forecast in your opinion for news five to 10 years down the road? Will we still be tuning in at, I don't know, four, five, six, seven? Eight, nine, ten, eleven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 
you know, the, the, um, I think, as I said, COVID, where I said, you know, it made me realize how important it is what we do. I think there's still a need for local news. Mm-hmm. I think there's still a need for, look, we find people tune in when there is breaking news or a big story or things people need to know about, you know, we can, we can see that people are watching us with, with the ratings. And so we know people want, want to know about their communities. So I think local news is going to survive. And, you know, we're, so many people have added so many newscasts and it doesn't matter who your ownership is, you know, everyone has that, you know, sometimes that makes it hard because you're doing all these TV programs and you're also doing all these different platforms of things. And, but I think there's still a need and people are, are, there's an appetite for it. So I think that's, you know, as long as there's the content, I think we will continue to, to do it. You know, will there be less people watching on a tune in at 6 PM, but they're watching it, you know, on demand when they want to, I think that's starting to grow a little bit. You know, I'm, I always ask younger people because again, I was geared to you watch at six and 11, you know, (laughs) Uh, but I ask younger people, some of them who don't even own TV sets and they have laptops, you know, for Mm -hmm. their TV, Mm -hmm. how do you watch it? And a lot of them don't tune in at six, you know, and so trying to make sure we're grabbing those people. And so, you know, when I hire people, I am hiring people who are part of that generation. And I ask them those questions. How do you get your news? Is it just from Facebook or are you getting it from a bunch of different things? And, you know, hopefully if you're wanting to work with me in a news organization, you are getting your news more than just one source. But, um, but I ask people that all the time. You know, how do you watch? What do you watch? What interests you? And I think we have to do that if we want to stay relevant. Amy, I know there's much more career to come, but up to date, what do you feel has been your greatest accomplishment? Hmm. You know, every one of my jobs, there's been something that has been like important to me. You know, I think every every place I've been, um, it's all been it's all been good. I mean, I've worked really hard. I think I've sacrificed a lot of stuff to to do it um but each each time i've been somewhere i've grown to go to the next spot so so that is is great you know but you know i think now i'm more of a leader and coach than i am a in the trenches journalist um and that doesn't mean i don't pay attention to stories i mean i want to be right in the middle of it all when we have a big thing that Breaking news, I'm right in the middle of it all. There's no question. If there's a story we're about to break and we've talked to, you know, we have attorneys who look at things to make sure we're, you know, not going to get sued. Are we being fair? You know, all those things. I want to be in the middle of those things, which I try to be. But I think now, you know, leading and coaching and helping people do their best work is, you know, I I take a lot of pride in that. We've we've talked about your full workday. What is your news escape? Is it books? Is it binge watching? Is it music? Or just Um, going home and sitting on the couch quietly? Yeah, all all of the above. (laughs) Um, Because, you know, the the problem is, and now especially, you know, you don't just get to go home and you're done till tomorrow, at least in my world. You know, if if you're a producer, you produce your show and you finish it. And you come back the next day and you do it again. And some people love that. Some people hate that because that feels like too much like a groundhog day. Right. (laughs) But for me, but, you know, and I did like it. I mean, for many years I did it and it was nice. And you had this thing to show, Mm -hmm. you know, now I don't really have, I mean, I have a, you know, a whole news department to show, I guess, but I, 
I'm not done. When I close the door into home, you know, it's I have folks in London right now. I'm checking on them. Are they okay? Because they're just waking up. So it doesn't stop for me. Um, and especially during COVID, you know, if somebody called in sick or out sick, who's going to replace them? And were they near anybody? Were they close contacts? Mm-hmm. You know, like um, in some businesses, you can't just close the door and say they're not here tomorrow. You know, you can't just right. close the door and say we're not doing a six o'clock news tomorrow. <laughs> Someone's still got to do the six o'clock news. So none of that has really stopped, especially in the um, in the COVID world. And I think I've spent a lot more time on that than I had hoped. You know, I thought, oh, this will last a few months, not two and a half years. But, you know, I'd say I go home. I, um, I like to run or probably walk more than run these days, but I like to be outside. I do like to watch, you know, dumb television. I'll watch... Um, I shouldn't say dumb because now someone's going to go, oh, you thought that was dumb. No, mindless television that's not me. <laughs> I get it. I do. So, um, the HGTV, I love to see what they do with the bathrooms, you yep. know, and yep. the kitchen. <laughs> you know, it's, Have you it's, ever watched Tiny Houses? <laughs> <laughs> I have watched Tiny Houses, but I, um, I've only watched it a few times. But love it or list it, you know. Oh, yes. Um, you know, I do like music. You know, I try to read. I think when I start reading a book, and generally it's fiction, and it can be a murder murder mystery, it can be chick lit, it can be whatever, I'm usually like, oh, wow, I read a book. That's great. I used to love to read. And I feel like I read so much now at work, mm-hmm. I don't get to. But when I go away, that's usually what I want to do. I want my shoulders to drop by, you know, three days in, <laughs> and I want to read a few books. And that's usually how I gauge, you know, my, my time away. I get it. Amy, I know there's a newscast waiting for you this evening, (laughs) several of them, but uh, continued success. And you have taken your career off the charts. Keep raising the bar. So proud of you. Just proud to say I got to work with you. And you're just amazing in this business and keep being amazing. Okay. Oh, Larry, that's, that is so kind. And I know we talked about this before we came on, but I have such wonderful memories of watching you do your thing on the radio, on the morning show, and how prepared you were, like you are for this interview. And and then the fact that when you made the move to TV, and it was just fabulous and that we got to do this together. And, you know, we didn't work together on the same day parts as much, but we saw each other. Right. And, you know, it's just, it makes you realize that there are really good people who work in this business. You know, we are not you know, I think sometimes we get a bad reputation that all we care about is doing, you know, I said to you the the negative stories and you certainly didn't, you did great community stories. And I, I often, we added some of those into our newscasts here in the mornings because I said, it gives it heart. So we've been trying to find those things that, you know, a lot of stuff happens overnight in New York. That's not pleasant. Let's find some things that, you know, bring the heart back to a newscast. So we add them, you have to sometimes plan ahead but I based it on the morning model that you used to do. Oh, well, thank you again. And you have just made this podcast and Amy Morris, I do appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, Your workday is going to continue after this. (laughs) 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 Thank you. I appreciate you joining me for Larry Dowdy Mike side and episode 58 with Amy Morris, Vice President of News at WNBC News 4 New York. If you like Mike's side, follow us wherever you download your podcast. And be sure to share this podcast with someone by simply clicking on the share button. There's a new episode every other week. I hope you'll join me for the next Larry Dowdy Mike's side. See you then.